Next on BYU Sports Nation, a Christmas blue light special, and we're in the giving spirit, Jason. We need some gift ideas for BYU athletics. Men's hoops wrapped up non-conference last night. Steve Cleveland joins us to discuss how ready the Cougars are for WCC play. Plus, he's making a list and checking it twice, and he's joining us on BYU Sports Nation. That's right, Chris Kringle makes his show debut. Ho, 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 let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Friday, December 23rd, wherever and however you are dialed in. It's great to have you with us. Good to be back in Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with 17-time Mike Tyson's punch-out champion, Jason Shepard. Hey, they don't call me Glass Jason for nothing. Oh, a reference to Glass Joe. Exactly. Who was the hippo dude that when you punched him, his... It was King Hippo, right? King Hippo. There we yeah, go. King yeah, King Hippo. By the way, you I saw you tweet out a picture. You got the retro, the new release, retro Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, yes. Uh, however, hopefully one of my children's not watching the show right now. Oh, oh, oh. Because <laughs> that was not for me. Why'd you tweet it out then? Well, because this particular child does not have a Facebook account. Ah, ah, okay. Trust me, okay. he's not watching. <laughs> Trust me, he's oh, not watching. Holy cow. That was insane yeah, to how, try and get. Yeah, that's like the the toy, right? That's like the thing this year. Not kidding when I say the Shepherd family stocked a certain uh, electronics retailer. We had like shifts where people would sit out waiting for the shipment to come in that day. To see if it was one. Turns out, I got one of two that came in that day. That day. That day. Well, the hard work paid off. Oh, the hard work paid off. Creepy, but it paid off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. Is that somebody? Is that somebody going to the door? Is that UPS? Oh, it looks what? like UPS. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> well, I hope it was worth it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Watch the reaction on Christmas. you like, eh. Eh. It's like, really? This is it? Yeah, I hope for your sake and your sanity that uh, no, no, no. This is the this is w- one of the main things that he wanted, so he's going to be happy. And it comes with like thirty games. It's right? like installed with thirty games. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be great. I hope it includes Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> Jason's got to get. I don't back think on they that. can call it Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I think it's just Punch Out now. Is it just Punch Out? I think Mike Tyson's been taken off of it. Wow. It may be because of the face tattoos. Yeah, Nintendo's not messing around about that. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. There is no rest for the BYU football staff. Exactly one day after the Poinsettia Bowl victory, Kalani Satake announcing the signing of junior college offensive lineman John Vaca from Diablo Valley College in California. Vaca, a former Oregon commit. Mm. He shares that in common with Troy Warner. I was going to say, BYU so far has had some success with uh, former Oregon commits. Men's basketball wrapped up non-conference play with an 81-71 win over Cal State Bakersfield. Wrap. Great effort by Shaw. Cougars are on the run. Rose to Emery for three. Got it! It's a thing of beauty, isn't it? It really is a thing of beauty. The Cougars had four players in double figures, including Yoli Childs, double-double, 19 points and 12 rebounds. Yoli Childs outscored Eric Mika. I like me some Yoli Childs, by the way. 
What is his ceiling this year? We're going to ask Steve Cleveland coming up later on the show. BYU women's basketball hosted ninth-ranked Washington, but lost 82-70. The Cougars started hot, led for most of the first quarter, but couldn't hold off a very good shooting Husky team. Cassie Broadhead had a career high for BYU, 24 points, four assists, three rebounds, and three steals. And just like uh, the men's team, that was their final non-conference game. They'll begin uh, conference very shortly. Also, Cougars in the NFL, Kyle Van Oy and the Patriots will be hosting the New York Jets tomorrow. Ziggy Ansah and the Lions play the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Dennis Pitta and the Ravens play at Pittsburgh on Sunday. And Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs host the Denver Broncos on Christmas night. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All I want for Christmas, BYU Sports Nation style. Besides an official Red Rider Carbine Action 200 shot range model air rifle or becoming a Jelly of the Month club member, Jason. And a Merry Christmas from <laughs> Bedford Falls. It's a Christmas miracle. You were watching clips of that this morning. Yes, I was. <laughs> Getting in the spirit. There are a few other things we want for our BYU Athletics-themed Christmas. Better yet, it's not about receiving, it's about giving this time of year, is it not? That's the point. Which brings us to our December 23rd Twitter question. What Christmas gift would you give your favorite BYU team, athlete, or coach? Use the hashtag BYUS and send in your responses. First tweet in from at JNails21. Four wide receivers, three alignment, two blitzers blitzing, and a mangum in a Detmer tree. <laughs> Very creative. Very nice. That's a good start to the That's Twitter question. That's a great—I Honestly, I, I wasn't sure that, that we weren't going to hold off on that one until we got to the elite tweet. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's a solid start. That's coming out of the gate hot, right? Absolutely. This one was fun for me to think about because there were so many things on the table. How do you pick just one? How do you pick— I, I've come up with, with two ideas— the first one I'm going to go with basketball. Okay. I'm going to give Eric Mika an extra foul. Oh, NBA now, rules. Well, now, now, yeah, let me explain. I'm not saying if he has two fouls, I'm going to give him a third one. I'm saying in college, obviously, you foul out of five. I'm going to give him until six before he fouls out. And, and the reason I'm do- – how many times does he get those head-scratcher calls against him early in a game? Like, you wonder, like, really? With everything that's going on, you're going to call him for that? And he'll pick up an early foul or two, and then Coach Rose has no choice but to sit him because of some some iffy calls on fouls on Eric Mika. Honestly, I think that the way college basketball has developed and with the whistles going crazy more and more and more seemingly every year, I think they should change that rule in college basketball. I, I, I wish they would. I wish they would go to more I, – I, like I like the quarter system more than I like the halves. I like going to six fouls versus the five. But yeah, you give it allows Coach Rose to keep him on the floor longer and complete it completely changes the dynamic. Because we see this every time if he gets called for early fouls and has to sit, it, it changes the way BYU plays. So I'm gonna going give to him officiate. an extra foul. Yes, if they're going to officiate, and I'm talking generally about all college officials, the way that they are right now, with the rule changes, there are so many fouls called in yeah. college basketball. Compare it to a game in the late eighties. It's ridiculous. It's not close. Change the rule. Not just for Eric Mika, for everybody. I like that idea. Okay, Okay, what else you got? My other one, I'm going, this is for all of BYU athletics. I'm going to give BYU athletics a P5 invite. Yeah, I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. Doesn't matter what conference it is. 
Uh, I would prefer the Pac-12. Okay, I think that yes. makes the most sense regionally, yeah, yeah. rivalry-wise. Uh-huh. But even if it's the the Big 12, I will take that. You'll it, take the Big 12 uh, you, after everything they put BYU and all of those other schools through? Yes, and I will ask for seconds. Get in the P5. Wow. Just like Cousin Eddie says, if you get in the P5, it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. Yeah, well, the Big 12 is the Cousin Eddie of Power <laughs> 5 conferences, Jason. Good grief. <laughs> Yeah, they gave the jelly of the month to BYU and all the other schools. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And they just got richer in the meantime. No, BYU has to get a Power 5 in, but I'm boycotting the Big 12 for the immediate time. You wouldn't take it if they said, Not right. you know what, we changed your mind, we're right, letting you in. Right now? Well, if, yeah, of course. Like, you have to not be emotional and be petty and vindictive. But I want to be that way today. Okay? Because we know it's not happening today. Yes, exactly. It's not going to happen, so I can pretend like I would say no. But, but in, our, in our lovely BYU Sports Nation Christmas special, I am giving BYU Athletics a P5 invite. Awesome. Just don't go to the Cousin Eddie of Power <laughs> 5 conferences, the Big 12. I'll take it if they invite us. Number one for me, BYU basketball wins a West Coast Conference championship of any kind. It could be a regular season or a tournament title in Vegas. But BYU men's basketball is long overdue. I, it blows my mind that we add one year to just an already crazy stat each season. And that is the Cougars haven't won a tournament championship in conference since 2001. Not with Jimmer Fredette, not with Keena Young, not with Lee Kamard, not with Trent Playstead. Not with Travis Hansen. I mean, it... Okay, Travis Hansen played on the 2001 team. But still, it's been forever since BYU won a conference tournament championship. But I've even broadened it to just regular season or conference tournament. They need to win the the WCC at some point. Well, it's because, especially when you look at how top-heavy this conference is, if you're winning that... You're beating some really good teams. Well, you're Gonz- talking about two, at least for this year right now, you're talking about two ranked teams in, in St. Mary's and Gonzaga, or St. Zaga is, is like to be called. But, yeah, I mean, you do that this year, you're, you're beating some very good teams. Gonzaga went to the Elite Eight last year, and the Elite Eight the year before that, I believe. Was it two years in a row or two, two out of three years? I think it's two out of three. Regardless. Gonzaga has a good thing going right now, and some people are saying that this year's team is the best that Mark Few, the head coach, has ever compiled. They're off to a red-hot start. So I, it would be a stretch, right? But if BYU makes three-pointers, who knows? We've seen teams that aren't supposed to win conference championships win conference championships. You get hot, you win three games. Hey! Well, since BYU owns Gonzaga in Spokane, it's just getting a couple wins at home. (laughs) You beat them two times in a row up there, and it's like, it is weird, though. Like, Gonzaga fans will be thinking about that when BYU comes. The kennel kennel kennel. kennel is basically the Marriott Center Northwest. It is, right? I mean, you know. But BYU has won their Two times in a row. It's unheard of. Two years ago, Gonzaga was the number two team in the country. (laughs) Jerem shaved his head for crying out loud. Hey, find a way, right? Second thing I would wish for. Okay, so other than a West Coast Conference basketball championship for BYU, that BYU football beats Utah in football 
Yes. And ends the six-game losing streak. Festivus miracle. And it's not because I can't handle it anymore, but I have been around so many different people in BYU Sports Nation, different fans that have tweeted at me that are like, Spencer, you have no idea what I deal with at work. You have no idea what I deal with at church, what I deal with at family parties, what I deal with when I go to the grocery store and I see my neighbor. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) I need BYU to beat Utah in football. So I am requesting that for all of you who suffer through the six-game loss, losing streak rather, to Utah in football. Just I, I, I want it for all of you so that you can keep your collective sanity and have a Merry Christmas. Again, it's not about us. It's about giving to you. Yes. Like people, and people have come after me hard where I'm like, hey, look, one game doesn't define the season. For a lot of people, the BYU-Utah game defines the season because of where they live and the people they interact with. Yeah, it, it's, not just, it's just not just losing the game. It's having to deal with all the other stuff for a year, afterwards. for another for year, year, right? Yes. And it's been going on for six years now. Yes. So that is Man, what I would wish time. for all of BYU Sports Nation, a BYU football win over rival Utah to end the six-game losing streak. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. What Christmas gift would you give your favorite BYU team, athlete, or coach? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got Conversation is rolling at Y for Life has included his tweetle, uh, tweetle, his tweet entry, <laughs> his tweetle, the Deseret Dual Trophy on a silver platter. Okay, here's the thing about that. BYU's done pretty well with that. Yeah, you can still win that and lose in yes. football, right? Now, that that has... It's like a 10-point yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it's a chunk of it, but yeah, there are other... All the sports are involved that they play. Yeah, like the Cougars can still win the Deseret Duel Trophy without winning the football game. So it's good, yes, in all athletics, but, man, I, I let it be football-specific, right? Yeah, at BYU Bob, this guy takes yours to a new level. Okay. You wanted, like, just a WCC championship, yeah. whether it was conference – or, excuse me, regular season or yes. in the tournament. yes. BYU underscore Bob says I would give an NCAA tournament national championship okay. to the basketball team. Okay. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the ambition. Okay, I love the ambition. And they're like, well, it's a Christmas present. It's a Christmas wish, right? I can wish for whatever the heck I want. Blue goggle alert. Blue goggle alert. I still, ha- even though alert. it's a wish list, I still feel like I need to be somewhat realistic in it, right? <laughs> Okay, BYU hasn't been to a Final Four. So if you want to go Super Blue Goggle, why not? Hey, BYU goes to the Final Four. But again, it's your wish. So how can I find, especially through the Blue Goggles, at BYU underscore Bob, okay, I see eye to eye with you right now. I understand your logic. It's your wish list. Okay, you want him to win a national championship? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I can't promise that you'll be very happy on Christmas morning, though. In this Christmas morning or, or the next Christmas morning. <laughs> or, or the one after that. But, hey, here's the hoping. At SA underscore BYU fan says, oh, I love this answer. An extra year of oh. Jamal Williams. An extra year of an NFL running back. Yeah, I'll take that. Can you imagine that? Coming back to face the 2017 schedule with Tanner Mangum. Oh, listen, Jay Swag has put in the work for BYU. You got to let him go at some point. 
Coming up, big deal, no deal. But first, Steve Cleveland, president coach, tells us what surprises him most about this year's BYU basketball team through non-conference play. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Check out After Further Review coming up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time for a full recap of BYU's win over Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan will also look ahead to the offseason. It is upon us. That's AFR on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. We, be- we begin the long, dreary football offseason for the, BYU. The, the good news is there really isn't an offseason anymore. There's always something going on, thank goodness. Yeah, whether it's winter conditioning, spring ball, the NFL com- or the, the combine for guys that uh, qualify for that, pro day at Had BYU. a signing yesterday, as we mentioned in the headlines. Yeah, there's signing day. It really has become a year-round thing. <laughs> Granted, goodness. June and July are a little quiet, but BYU gets to start fall camp a week early this year because they play Portland State that Game at Hawaii grants them an exemption to start earlier. It's another Christmas miracle. One week closer. It's a Christmas miracle, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) I got got to work on my Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) A lot. Sheesh. Our Twitter question today. What Christmas gift would you give your favorite BYU team athlete or coach? At ST Utah says, a healthy Kyle Dean and talented BYU baseball teammates will translate into a spring to remember. A shout-out to the Batcats. Yes. Kyle Dean should be 100% by now. And the good thing is you add his lineup, his bat, to a lineup that was already pretty potent. I'm really, really liking what BYU baseball is going to be able to put on the diamond this year. Yeah, BYU lost some serious contributors, so let's not overlook that. Brennan Lund in center field. Michael Rucker on the mound was outstanding. Eric Urey in left. Eric Urey as well. So, But the thing is, Mike Littlewood is every bit as optimistic about this year's team as he was about last year's team. As he should be. If, if not more, because his pitching staff is a little bit more well-rounded instead of just kind of top-heavy, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Good stuff. Joining us now, one of our favorite guests on BYU Sports Nation. Honestly, I, I feel a little bit strange because he's not in studio, but he's still kind enough to join us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Steve Cleveland. Steve, welcome back to the show. Coach, if you can hear me, let's start with this question. Can you hear me? All right, we're going to work to get Coach Cleveland on the air. Uh, but while, while we're bringing him on, I guarantee you at some point during this interview, Jason, he will discuss Yoli Childs at length because he was the first guy that sat here in Studio B and said he is the guy that clearly has the highest ceiling of any BYU player. 19 points, 12 rebounds. He's been outstanding. And when BYU's needed him most with injuries abounding, right? Well, I I have had very high expectations for Yoli Childs. I love his athleticism. I love what he can do around the rim. And it's not just the scoring. It's it's rebounding. It's how active he is. And I love what we're seeing out of him. He's he's been in the starting lineup now for seven games, and he's really been producing. I, I, I love his future in this program. All right. While we wait for Coach Cleveland... Why don't we roll out our Yoli Childs-themed stat of the day? 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since becoming a starter seven games ago, Yoli Childs is averaging 10.7 points and 10.5 rebounds a game. That's a double-double as a true freshman. He's 18 years young. Really good. Kyle Davis has the knee injury, and he was the starter in the beginning of the season. He's obviously working through some serious stuff right there. Yoli Childs has been asked to do a lot, to carry a lot of that load that Kyle leaves behind, and he's thriving. 10.7 points, 10, 10 and 10 as a freshman. That goes back to the Eric Mika line when he was a true freshman coming out of high school. Eric, well, I think, was a 12 and 8 guy. Wow, now they're both together. You got to like what you see from Yoli Childs. You know, the interesting thing, and I, th- I think you see this a lot, and it doesn't always happen this way. I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly not, you know, you're not batting a thousand with this analogy. But how many times have we seen guys that weren't necessarily, they weren't going to be put in that role, but then something happens and then they're thrust into that position and then they start to thrive? Hey, we, we've been talking about Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams was able to play because of an injury to Michael Elisa. Jamal Williams was down the depth chart a little bit, but because of injuries ahead of him, he was put in a position where BYU needed them. And look what we're talking about now after he's played his final game. Sometimes guys can, when they get put in that position, step up. And so far we're seeing that out of Yoli Childs. All right. Uh, we got uh, the National Lampoon's people to reconnect <laughs> the correct line. The Christmas lights are all in order. And Steve Cleveland is joining us again on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you guys. Hey, I was mentioning uh, just a moment ago that it kind of feels strange with you not being in studio. I, I don't. I don't know if I like this, but but we're happy that you're joining us. But you know, when when you have the presence of a president coach in studio, there's just something about that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, I miss you too, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, coach. Last night, BYU basketball's final non-conference game uh, against uh, a pretty good Cal State Bakersfield team. The Roadrunners are not well known, perhaps underrated. BYU finds a way to win 81-71. What was the best thing you saw from BYU? in their last non-conference game last night? You know, a, a couple of things. One, I think I heard you just briefly talking a little bit about Yoli Childs and uh, how he's taking his game to another level and really making a difference on the floor. I think BYU took what was there for him, and Bakersfield played at such a frantic pace and uh, not, not the greatest shot selection at times, especially in the first half. So many long rebounds, and it kind of ignited BYU's attack. And it got BYU back into that pace that they love and that they're comfortable playing. And, and, and then to see the bigs run the floor, uh, all of the bigs ran the floor, it just put Bakersfield into a deep hole early on in that game. And, and, and Bakersfield has a lot to blame themselves just with the shot selection and that. But I felt like they took advantage of what Bakersfield is athletic. They were quick. Um, but they shot themselves in the foot by just really, really poor shot selection. Uh, and so I love the fact that BYU didn't, there were times they had open threes. They got it to the rack. They shot, fifty, I think, 59% in the first half and uh, really took it to them and took what was there for them. And uh, those were some of the things that I thought that really stood out to me as I watched that game. With last night being the final non-conference game, we're, we're kind of looking back and, and seeing how BYU did overall. They're 9-4. and four. You know, We thought maybe BYU would be 10-3 and three at, this, at this point heading into conference play, so they're just one off there. 
Where is BYU basketball's progress right now compared to where maybe you expected them to be heading into WCC play? I think offensively, they have a much better understanding of who they are and how they're going to play. And we've talked about this on the show a number of times, but BYU understands that they're going to play inside out. That's not to say they're not going to run and play with pace and take the shots when they're there, but I think collectively they have learned how to score in the inside-out attack. I think defensively, two things, there's two things that are still they're kind of vulnerable with. Middle penetration, which we've talked a lot about, and they're going to have to continue to get better at that because any time, even last night in the second half against Bakersfield, they got into the paint and got shots. And then I think the second thing is that guards, the guards are chasing as they chase their, their offensive player for off of screens. There's always separation, which allows good shooters to get good, you know, open shots. So I think there's a concern there. I think the other thing defensively, though, and we, we'll bring Yoli Childs into this mix, playing him at the four, it makes BYU so much better against ball screens because he can switch everything. I mean, he can guard perimeter players. He has such length. He doesn't have to get up into them. He can get extended. That makes BYU better. That's something I didn't see happening because I didn't think he'd be playing the role he had. But with Davis Hurt, he actually makes better. He makes them better with his ability to rebound out of his area and also being able to defend uh, guards as they come off of ball screens. And it's just so much. It just makes teams uncomfortable when your bigs can take your guards and there's an easy, smooth transition. We mentioned that Yoli Childs is averaging a double-double since he's been inserted into the starting lineup, 10.7 points, 10.5 rebounds a game. You think he has the highest ceiling of any BYU player overall. What's his ceiling this year as a freshman? Well, he's taken advantage of an opportunity. And Kyle Davis is a seasoned veteran. He's hurt. And so there would have been less minutes for Yoli. I think he was always going to be in the mix. But now all of a sudden when he's going to play 25 to 30 minutes a game, uh, it just I think confidence is, is the most important thing, especially for young players. They're, they're going to make mistakes. I mean, you look at his stat line last night. He's 6 from 8 from the field goal, 7 for 13 free throws, which is an improvement, 12 rebounds, 4 blocks, and assists. He's kind of filled the stat sheet. That means he's active, he's moving, uh, he's attentive, and the more he does that, the next game he plays, he has that much more confidence. And that's the hardest thing for young players to get, is to get confidence, because you, to get confidence, you've got to be on the floor. Now that he's getting that, uh, his upside is significant, even this year. Uh, I mean, he hit some shots last night, little eight to ten footers, that I had not seen him ever even take, and it went down. And again, oftentimes it's not so much about technique, it's just in your mindset is, I'm going to knock this shot down, I can do this. And that's kind of where he's at. Steve Cleveland joining us on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. Knowing what awaits BYU in the WCC, I mean, obviously, once again, it's a top-heavy league. How prepared do you believe BYU is heading into conference play? I think there's been enough attention by the coaching staff to have enough discussions about the importance of the things defensively they need to be better at. But number two is that they have to play the same way when they play Portland that is when they play Gonzaga. And obviously talent will be different, and there will be more opportunities, but don't get away from what, who you are. And I think sometimes, when, for instance, last night, the game got so quick and so much pace, and by the second half, 
BYU was shooting the ball so much quicker, and now all of a sudden Durham starts hitting shots from 26, 27, 28 feet. We're talking about an eight- or nine-point game with three or four minutes to go, a game that they had never been in the game. And so I think when you, you get big leads, don't get away from the inside out. Now, the fact that Mika was off the floor a lot, uh, there's two things. One, it takes away that inside attack like they would like to have it. And number two, it kind of ignites TJ and, and Nick. I mean, they're, they're way more assertive and aggressive in transition. They just have to find that balance no matter who they play. This league... This league might be a little bit better at the bottom. I mean, last night, USF beats Utah, even though Kyle Kuzma, their leading scorer rebounder, went down in the first minute. But still, the fact in a neutral court that USF could beat Utah, I don't know what that says about USF or Utah, but I think that's a good win for the WCC. And then Santa Clara beats Valpo on the road <laughs> in double overtime. And Jared Boundridge, uh, who's averaging about 19 a game, I think had 30 last night. So, and that wasn't like Valpo played bad. Peters had 35 and Hammock had 25. So those are two really good wins, what you would consider maybe this, the bottom half of this conference. So I think you're gonna, everyone's going to have to be really aware of who they play and, and stay true to, to what the principles are that you, you've used to get you to this point. Former head basketball coach at BYU, Steve Cleveland, now BYU TV basketball analyst with us on BYU Sports Nation. Follow him at Coach Cleve 22 when you look at what BYU wants to do year in and year out, and that is specifically win a conference championship and make a trip to the NCAA tournament, let's just focus on the latter of those two, Steve. What does BYU have to do in conference to solidify an at-large spot in the NCAA tournament? Because everybody's saying, well, if it's a three-bid league, BYU is going to have to be the team that gets in. How do they do that in conference play? They went out at home, I think, to start with. And, uh, you know, they've had success at Gonzaga and then get beat at home. I think you, you take great pride. In, and, and I know Coach Rose, and I know when I was there, there were times when there was 30, 40, 45 game winning streaks at home. And I, that's something like, you know, we just take care of business at home. And I think you take pride in that as a program that we don't lose at home. So, number one, if they don't lose at home and then they go out and beat the people they're supposed to beat on the road, and I think it puts them in a situation where they've beaten two probably top 25 teams. I mean, Gonzaga, by the time we, time BYU plays them, um, more than likely could be in the top five or six or seven in the country. Yeah. Um, so you got two ranked teams in the conference, both you know getting a win over both of those clubs, and then maybe getting to the finals or winning. You know, obviously if you win the the WCC tournament, you're in automatically. But a good showing there. I I believe they've got to beat both of those teams at least once. And they can't have bad losses at home. Coach, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And uh, in closing, ask you our Twitter question. If you could pick any Christmas gift to give your favorite BYU team athlete or coach, what would it be? I think uh, my Christmas gift would be a healthy Elijah Bryant. Mm, And uh, I think that he he is a piece there that is going to make a difference. And if he's healthy... I mean, we look back a couple months ago, and he was the projected starting point guard. And it's not to say that LJ and Tyler haven't done a great job in their own way. In fact, I love what Tyler's doing with his probing and attacking. He's just off, off the bounce. He's really good passing the ball. But I think Elijah Bryant is a piece that if he's there and he's healthy, makes BYU a lot better. And I think that would be a great Christmas gift for Coach Rose and that entire team. 
Coach Rose thanks you. Somewhere he he's <laughs> his ears are perked up. <laughs> Merry Christmas to President hey, Coach Steve Cleveland. Thanks for the time. You're well. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I'm glad he brought up that point with Elijah Bryant. Jeremy and I made our predictions that BYU would go 10-3 and in non-conference play. And, Jason, I know you were right there with us mm-hmm. somewhere in that ballpark. But that was with a healthy Elijah Bryant. We, we factored him into that mix, and he hasn't played outside of, you know, a few sporadic minutes and – and he probably shouldn't have been playing, wasn't ready. So, yeah. Health is health is something that always rears its ugly head sooner or later, you know? Got to get, get healthy, healthy. Eli. Big deal, no deal coming up next. And Santa Claus calling in from the North what? Pole. What? Portions of BYU Sports Nation brought to you by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. We welcome you back two days before Christmas. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Hanging out in Studio B, broadcasting in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. I'm sure that all of you are, but just in case, make sure you're following BYU Sports Nation on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. The kids love the Snapchat, so make sure you're following us. Tons of great stuff. Now, quickly, before we get to the headlines, uh, our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner, just brought in something... uh, that I had forgotten about. We we have new San Diego swag, a, a new magnet for the set. So Jason, uh, why, and, oh, and the football. That's right. That's Where right, is the that's football? Right. The football is. I put it right up here. Almost dropped that magnet. Woo. Okay, and we we brought the poinsettia bowl football as well, miniature football. So some new swag to the BYU Sports Nation set. Is this the official game ball, Jason? Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, some players can make a ball look like that in their hands, right? I was going to say, you imagine if that was wet trying to throw it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't. Poor Tanner Mangum. You know, he's walking away from me after the interview, and he's like, it just, the rain just changed our entire game plan. Imagine how much more difficult the touchdown that Tanner Baldery caught if that's the ball he was trying to catch. <laughs> Tanner Mangum. Listen, some people joked like, hey, we're going to have another Mangum miracle in the Poinsettia Bowl. The five-yard Hail Mary was about as close as you can get. The guy, all the guy does is make highlights. Mangum magic. Okay, Jason, I want you to read the first headline about football while I put this magnet uh, behind here on the set. All right, no rest for the football staff. Just one day after the Poinsettia Bowl victory, Kalani Sataki announced the signing of J.C. offensive lineman John Vaca from Diablo Valley College in California. Vaca, in case you were wondering, is a former Oregon Ducks commit. Yeah, Troy Warner in that same category, as was Devon Blackman, right? Yes, Pretty good stuff. Good Men's success. basketball wrapped up non-conference play at 9-4 and four through 13 games with an 81-71 win over Cal State Bakersfield. Wrapped. Great effort by Shaw. Cougars are on the run. Rose to Emery for three. Got it! Well, it never gets old watching that stuff. I almost let the football drop off the set again. You never let okay. the football drop. I know, right? Don't never fumble touches that away. the ground. Cougars had four players in double figures at the Marriott Center last night, including Yoli Child's double-double, 19 points and 12 rebounds, making the most of his early opportunity as a true freshman. Women's basketball lost yesterday 
as they hosted ninth-ranked Washington. Final score at the Marriott Center was 82-70. The Cougars started hot and led for most of the first quarter but couldn't hold off the hot shooting of the Huskies. Cassie Broadhead had a career-high 24 points, also had four assists, three rebounds, and three steals. It's time to play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Pretty self-explanatory. Ben Bagley throws out a scenario. Jason and I will decide if we think it is a big deal or no deal. Number one. Big deal, no deal. BYU Hoops finishes 9-4 and four in non-conference play. I will say no deal, and the reason I'm saying no deal is because I, I just don't know if it's going to matter now that they're in conference play. I, I think they realize how important it is going to be for them to play well, and, and I, I just don't know, even if they had gone undefeated or had a couple more losses, I just don't know if it matters to them now that they're in conference play. It's like that part of the season is done. It's all you know, full steam ahead in the WCC. So I say no deal. I think it is a big deal because I think BYU, to feel comfortable about their at-large chances, needed to be 10-3. and three. And that's because Princeton hasn't exactly shaken out how BYU would have liked them to. I, last I checked, they were 4-6. and six. Princeton was a top 50 Ken Palm team when the season began. They're picked to win the Ivy League. And they'll they probably still will win the Ivy League, but BYU's hanging their hat on Colorado as a solid win. And then what's what's the next best win after that? It, is it Princeton at four and six? That's a good question. You know, so I. But you can't do anything about that now. Now, what you can do though, you it really is a new season. You you control your own destiny. You I mean I know that you don't? But you know what I mean? It's a cliche term. But you have the opportunity to correct that in conference. Steve Cleveland said, hold serve on your home floor against good teams. You'll be in great shape. No doubt about it. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Jamal Williams' performance in the poinsettia bowl with 210 yards. How is this not a big deal? Like, if somebody says, please, try and explain (laughs) to me how that would not be a big deal. Because he just made himself a lot of money in the NFL. And I know people are like, well, he did it before that. There were, there were a lot of eyeballs on that game. People that had heard about Jamal Williams and even NFL scouts I saw on Twitter saying, look, I'd done some film study on him and I liked what I saw, but he's even more impressive now that I'm watching him against Wyoming. They specifically sought him out. Sports Illustrated said he's the guy you have to watch among all NFL prospects in the Poinsettia Bowl. Did he deliver a yes and then some? He moved himself up at least a round or two, I think, in the NFL draft. You know, maybe going from a sixth or seventh round pick to a fourth or fifth round pick. That's my opinion. Of of course it's a big deal. Holy cow. It's a big deal for two reasons. One, because BYU needed the rushing yards in the victory. They needed every bit of it. They needed every every yard that he got. But like you said... This is not, there were no other bowl games on at that time. So anybody that was interested in watching college football was watching that game. And they, we saw, you mentioned the tweets from scouts, Joe Theismann. I mean, we're talking about Joe Theismann Theismann. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he was saying, whoever gets Jamal Williams is going to be very, very happy. This was an opportunity to showcase your talents if you're Jamal Williams. And he did not disappoint heading into the offseason where 
His goal now is to make the NFL, which he will. And some people will say, well, that's one guy's opinion, right? The collective opinion is growing in a hurry. It's not just Joe Theismann. It's becoming hundreds of people. And he, Jamal Williams still has the senior bowl to perform in to work on some more of that. So he's, he's doing some work, and good for Jamal. He deserves it. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Jason has not seen It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> what? I haven't. It's not a big deal because I haven't seen it, so my life doesn't seem like I'm missing anything. What in the world, Jason? How can you call yourself an American when you haven't seen It's a Wonderful, a wonderful Life? That's not, that's not prerequisite to be an American. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm not, it's not in the Constitution last time I checked. <laughs> Hashtag America. You haven't lived until you've seen Jimmy Stewart run across the streets of Bedford Falls. Merry uh, here's, Christmas, here's, Bedford Falls! If I'm going to watch uh, Jimmy James Stewart, I'm going to watch Mr. Kruger's Christmas. It's a Christmas miracle! Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Jason, tell me you've seen A Christmas Story. Of course I've okay, seen it. Okay, at least you've seen it. Ben that. Bagley is the one who's not seen A Christmas Story. It's on 24 Hours on TNT. Ben, you have one homework assignment. One homework assignment, and that's to watch A Christmas Story on TNT, one of the 75 times it will air over the next week. <laughs> Brought to you by Brady Industries, clean solutions of tradition for generations. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. Merry early Christmas on December 23rd. If you miss an episode of this show live, you can always watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to download the BYU TV app and watch BYU TV programming on demand, whether it's BYU Sports Nation, games, it's all there. And again, it's on demand. I was actually re-watching last night's uh, men's basketball game this morning while I was at the gym at 4.30 a.m. Because you can. Because, I, because again, it's on demand and I can watch it anytime I yes. want. And it helps pass the time while I am angrily on the exercise bike because I just don't like cardio. <laughs> Man, what if something bad happens during the game? Does that make it doubly bad? Well, it speeds up Come my on! it speeds up my tempo. Yeah, so it's actually good for the exercise part. It, what's cool is you have that technology available. Yes, all of you do. Make it happen. Our Twitter question today, what Christmas gift would you give your favorite BYU team, athlete, or coach? At Crawford Cad says, winless seasons for all University of Utah teams. <laughs> and Steve Cleveland brought up a fantastic point in that Utah lost to... Utah lost to Santa Clara and Jared Brownridge last night. No, 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 San Francisco. San Francisco beat them. San, I think by three. Santa Clara beat Valpo. Yes, what a big night for the West Coast Conference. Good grief. Hey, this is a monumental day for BYU Sports Nation. I'm going to go ahead and say it's one of the biggest, most famous, and certainly most celebrated guests of all time. The world-renowned Santa Claus joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline Santa, welcome to the show. First and foremost, wow. do you prefer that we call you Santa, Chris, or Popo Shisho? <laughs> Spencer, you can call me any of those names or any other name that you may have heard me called before. I particularly enjoy Popo Jijo. <laughs> 
Your your latest profile pic is absolutely fantastic, Santa. I love the fact that you've gone uh, old school with the feathered pen. It's very nice. (laughs) Oh, I always use quills when I write my letters. (laughs) Oh, Santa Claus with us on BYU Sports Nation. Which BYUSN personality is on your naughty list, Santa? Spencer, that is a very good question. It's kind of hard to decide, but Jason what? took the countdown into his own hands oh, yesterday and may what? have jumped over to the naughty side. Did somebody say countdown? Countdown to the Vikings. 245. Yes. Okay, well, you've now, just... I've got my Christmas present already. Yeah, enjoy your lump of coal, Jason. <laughs> Santa, I apologize for Mr. Shepard's antics here in Studio B and hope that you can overlook that while firmly inking his name on the naughty list for going to the countdown. I will leave some extra cookies on the plate for you just to overcome that, if that's okay. (laughs) No problem. There's still plenty of time to get back over to the other side of the list. Yeah, yeah, denounce the countdown for the rest (laughs) of... I will never denounce the countdown, (laughs) ever. All right, Santa, which BYU athlete is on top of your nice list. Oh, Spencer, that is a very long list. We have a lot of great athletes and great students on that list. A couple of names that come to mind. Uh, Butch Powu is up there. (laughs) He has got a smile that reminds me of a perfect snowflake (laughs) and is just always happy. Eric Mika's play is very nice, both on the court and off the court. But I think the top of the list might go to Amy Boswell. Wow. Okay. okay. She right. is a happy, happy person who seems to spread joy wherever she goes, and she does extremely well both on the court and off the court as a student. Yes, her high space knee celebration <laughs> is fantastic. Okay, Santa, I, I just have one request, uh, and we've been talking about gifts that we want to give BYU Athletics I'm trying to be real here when asking for something that I I think you can have a factor in here. Can you please grant BYU basketball a trip to the NCAA men's basketball tournament in 2017? Oh, Spencer, I don't have any direct influence on that, but I know a couple people on the committee, and I can uh, see what I can get them to do for you. Yeah, how about you help the West Coast Conference officials, Santa? That is something I can look into. I'm not sure what I could give them. But I don't think we need something. to guess on what list they're on, by the way. <laughs> Honestly, it depends on the game, Jason. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, by the way, it's obviously a pretty big weekend for you uh, and the staff. Uh, what's the injury update on your reindeer? <laughs> Okay, well, this this might be a, a little bit long, but uh, at this point in the season, really every reindeer is banged up a little bit. I mean, <laughs> Comet, he has a, a high hoof sprain and is questionable, but that deer is tough. That deer is very tough, and I expect him to, to be running with the rest of the reindeer on Christmas Eve. Um, Mrs. Claus has already reached out to Jamal Williams, just in case. That guy is a workhorse. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. We know you're super busy. In fact, we were shocked that uh, you were able to do this interview. So thank you. Merry Christmas. And uh, 
I hope that somewhere in your closet you have a royal blue Santa suit. Yes. Oh, Spencer, Merry Christmas to you, and we'll just have to see you on Christmas night. <laughs> Thank you, Santa. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Popo Shisho. <laughs> on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Uh, what a get. What a get. That was amazing. Woo! Jeremy wishes he were here. Cougar Whip Round next. BYU Sports Station, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jason, let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. No rest for the football staff. One day after the Poinsettia Bowl victory, Kalani Satake announced the signing of JC offensive lineman John Vaca from Diablo Valley College in California. Vaca is a former Oregon commit. Men's basketball. BYU beat Cal State Bakersfield 81-70 to wrap up non-conference play. Cougars had four players in double figures. Yoli Childs led the way with 19 points and 12 rebounds. Women's basketball. The ladies lost to ninth-ranked Washington yesterday 82-70. The Cougars started hot and led for most of the first quarter, but couldn't hold off the hot shooting of the Huskies. Cassie Broadhead did finish with a career-high 24 points. She also had four assists. Three rebounds and three steals. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots host the Jets tomorrow. Ziggy Ansah and Detroit will play at the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Dennis Pitta's Ravens play against Pittsburgh on Sunday. And Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs host the Broncos on Christmas night. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth had nine points to go along with 11 rebounds for the Texas Legends as they beat the Salt Lake City Stars 114-90. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to the man who just joined us, Santa Claus. Oh, Santa and, and the, the, the quill pen. The in- really good. So good. And you brought up a great point. He said that Jamal Williams is a potential backup if one of his reindeer can't go. You said, I, I, I just see. High hoof sprain for, uh, for high, was it Blitzen? Comet? Comet. Comet high hoof yes. sprain. Jamal Williams with uh, a red blinking mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lead, leading you the charge. Know, you know Santa would get where he needs to go if Jamal was leading that sleigh. Our elite tweet of the day from at our Greenhaw. Isn't the obvious answer national championships for every team and a Heisman or other top trophy to our stars? That, the gift of choice for BYU Athletics. Merry Christmas to all of you across BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to all of our guests. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Popo Chisho. 